This week on the Habs Forum, we have a new coach in Montreal. I think a change a lot of Habs fans wanted, but not a change a lot of Habs fans ha- expected to happen this quickly. I know I was pretty excited when I woke up to uh, to the news uh, this morning, but uh, Dominique Ducharme is the new coach of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, interim coach, uh, technically, uh, for now. Claude Julien no longer there. Not only Claude Julien loses his job, also Kirk Muller is gone. He's being replaced by Alexander Burroughs. So plenty to talk about with that. I mean, of course, there's hockey games since our last podcast. Three losses against Toronto and two losses against Ottawa. I mean, we said it last week, Dustin. These were must-wins against Ottawa. They lost both. That's unacceptable. Coach gets fired. Before we get into it, though, tell me who our sponsor is again this week. The Habs Forum, still brought to you by Manscaped.com. Check out the new Lawnmower 3.0 and the Weed Whacker and the rest of the great products at Manscaped.com. And don't forget to use that promo code HABSFORUM to get 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. Very exciting stuff. All right, so let's get right into it. So, Dustin, were you expecting to get the news this quickly that Julien was no longer the coach of the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, it's kind of like a a couple weeks ago we were so excited about this, this team, and now all of a sudden we were asking for him to be fired, and now he's fired. It's like such a quick shift of the season. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. Like, yes and no. Yes, I was surprised. But at, at the same time, the way the Canadians were playing the last couple of weeks, really, uh, I mean, it, it was obvious that a change needed to happen. Um, but, you know, I mean, something that, that's always been said about Berge, uh, yeah, Bergevin is that, you know, he hasn't necessarily always been quick on the trigger where, uh, you know, he where he, he, it seems to it seems like, you know, he waits around. He, he waits a little bit too long. And, you know, we've seen that in the past, obviously, with, uh, first of all, Sylvain F5 is probably there three years longer than he should have been. Yeah, and even, uh, you know, the last the last coach that he fired, Michel Therrien, was there, you know, a cup, definitely a couple of months easily too long. So, you know, it, it seemed obvious, but it, it, was I surprised? Well, the yeah, thing I, that, I, I was kind of surprised. But the thing I'm wondering with Julien, because, like, it's like we forgot – Last year, when we were at the end of a, the second eight-game losing streak, we were talking about Julien needing to be replaced. That was already part of the conversation. But then the weirdest NHL season ever happened where the Canadians, who, which they weren't supposed to make the playoffs, they made the weird play-ins, and then they, they beat Pittsburgh, and then they they had the hot start to the season after all the changes that Bergevin made. Like I'm almost wondering if, if last season plays out like it was supposed to, there's no pandemic and there's no COVID and the Canadians continue on their tra- trajectory and, and finish like pretty low. Like I, I don't think there's any doubts in anyone's mind that the Canadians were going to miss the playoffs. If the, if the season ended normally, I think their, their odds were like 1% to make it. So at that point, I'm wondering maybe at that point, that's when Julien would have been fired, but then he kind of got, some extra time because of what happened in the play-ins and because of what happened at the beginning of the season. It's, it seems like a quick turnaround, but at the same time, it's almost like the need to replace Berger, the replace Julien was like put on hold because of COVID. And then it just came back quickly. And we all reminded of like, Oh yeah, this team lost eight games in a row twice last year. And one of the biggest issues, it feels like there's no adjustments like that happens when they need to happen, which comes to the coach. So I'm I'm so happy that Bergeron pulled the trigger when he did because this needed to be done quickly, and I think I think it's it's a it's a perfect time to do it really. I'm 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 really really glad he didn't wait any longer. It, if we wait another two months, it's too late. 
No, no, definitely. I mean, it, it definitely had to be done. Um, you know, I, I mean, I definitely think the argument could have easily been made that he, you know, the Canadians just had a week off. You would think that that would probably have been the best time to do it. Right. You know, sort of give the new coach a little bit of time, yeah. you know, to, to implement his systems in that. I mean, especially with the shortened season here, you know, they don't have, they're playing so many games in such a short period of time. I mean, is he really going to be able to implement all the stuff that he wants to? I mean, obviously he's already familiar with the players. Uh, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, th- one of the oh, so when I was watching the the Bergeron press conference, one of the reporters specifically mentioned that like, why not give Deshaun that whole week the the luxury that the Canadians had the week off? But I mean, let's not forget that going into the week, uh, as bad as the Canadian had been playing leading into it, it's like they have they were on a bit of a five game skid where they weren't playing as well but they were coming off having played amazingly at the beginning of the year so so Bergevin's point was kind of like if he gets fired before these three most recent games then people are probably saying oh why so quickly like we started so strong we have one losing streak and he fires a coach it seems like he's pulling the, the trigger so quickly and and at the same time you would you would have people like us or reporters asking the, the opposite question to Benjamin is like, why not give Julien Muller the week off to try to adapt and adjust and make the changes that need to be made and then make your decision. So it's, it's kind of a situation in hindsight. Sure. It probably was better to, to have to make the change before to give Deschamps the time. But at the same time, I feel like Bergevin has a lot of respect for Claude Julien and wanted to give him this kind of life last shot and be like, turn this ship yeah. around in this week and it didn't work. As as soon as he saw it didn't work, he pulled the trigger. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I guess that kind of makes sense. That yeah, maybe he wanted to give him sort of the benefit of the doubt. But like you said, I mean, this has been going on for a little while. Back yeah. to last season, where you're, you're probably right. If 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 the co- if the whole COVID thing didn't happen, he could have very well been fired at the end of the season. So you know, he had a bit of a lifeline there, but. I mean, you know, the Canadians were looking flat before the week off, you know, I mean, for sure, it, for a solid two weeks, probably before. So, I mean, I, I, I know my, me personally, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. And I think a lot of, a lot of fans w- wouldn't have said, oh, you've, you got rid of him really fast. Right. I'm wondering if, because the, the, the last game before the break, remember the Canadians came back in the third period and ended up beating Toronto. Yeah. I'm wondering if they got shut, if they end up getting shut out in that game, one, nothing, if he doesn't get fired right there. That that's a very good point. That's a very good point, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because also the way they came back in the third, it kind of felt like in the third the team went back to the, the early season ways, right? It, it was it, it was a nice positive leading into the week off, and we were kind of feeling good. And Bergman is maybe thinking thinking the same way. It's like okay, finally the message is passed. It feels like the kind of turnaround game that we need. And then yeah, you're probably right. If like if, if the Leafs hold off and maybe end up winning two three nothing, maybe he gets fired before. I mean, who who knows? I mean, it's all it's all it's all speculative, right? Like you, we'll we'll never never know really. But I mean, at the end of the day, you had to give Julien his time, and I mean, Dushama is the assistant now, so he is familiar with the system. He's already in in it. He knows the players already. So I'm still confident he's going to be able to make the changes he needs to make. And and he was asked one of those questions, and I actually loved Dushan's answer in, in his press conference when he was asked that. He basically shrugged and had a bit of a corner smile, and he was like, I think I have plenty of time. Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he, he didn't really agree with the idea that there's no time to make adjustments. And 
he's 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 no it, it, this is nothing new for him right he, he he coached the world juniors for two years and that's a tournament where it's a very quick turnaround you get a bunch of new players and you have to quickly put in your system and have them play play it together i mean i i don't see why he can't do that with a professional a team of professional hockey players right and i, I i'm excited to see what he's going to do and I'm, I'm not expecting a change right away obviously i mean we're playing tomorrow but i think we're going to start seeing a lot of a bit of a more aggressive, more offensive, definitely more exciting brand of hockey coming from the Canadians. Well, the way that it sounds, I mean, uh, Ch- Chantal Maccabee from RDS had mentioned it, that the, a big reason that they were playing so offensive at the beginning of the year is because of Dominic Duchamp. And then Claude Julien obviously got away from that whole game plan. So, you know, I mean, if, if the Canadians can, can get back to the way that they were playing at the beginning of the year, Man, I mean, that's that's going to be an exciting brand of hockey. You know, that's that's what we want to see. That's when the Canadians were having success. You know, I mean, they were obviously, I mean, when was the last time the Canadians were playing that good the way that they played at the beginning of the year? So if they can get back to that brand of hockey, and I mean, obviously they can play it because they did it at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he's already obviously familiar with all the players. So, you know, it's not like it's a brand new coach coming in, you know, out of nowhere. He's already familiar with the team. The players presumably are already somewhat similar or familiar with his uh, with his systems, so it's it's probably not that big of a deal implementing the new system. And he seems like the type of, from all accounts, he seems like the type of coach that's truly a players' coach that the players love him. And I feel like that is always good for at least at the beginning. Like sometimes it, over time, it can cause maybe issues i mean there's, there's arguments to be made about how what is the right way to coach what is the wrong way to coach but i i truly believe that the players are going to want to adopt his his way to play and bergevin made the point that the issue with the canadians hasn't been lack of effort uh, like they, they worked hard yesterday but they were making mistakes taking dumb penalties which has been happening all year it, it's more of a lack of execution instead of a lack of kind of care that, that that's been the issue for the Canadians. So having so having a new voice in the locker room and kind of making some some switches. And and Bergeron right away he said one of the reasons that he wants Duchamp is that he sees him as one of these new age kind of more modern coaches. And that that that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And like when, when we were talking about it was time to fire Julien, part of me was like, do I really want to fire Julien? Because last time I wanted the coach fired, I wanted Terrien fired. It's not like I was super excited when we brought back Julien. It's like oh, okay, well I guess what is what's new what's old is new again and i mean what's what's the point of constantly having these same coaches that don't ever want to change their system that don't adapt to the new nhl and i hated seeing people on twitter like before the press conference was right away okay well he's just interim well, who who's going to be the real head coach when the season ends and they're naming all these old farts that like have no place in the nhl anymore that should be the new coaches or patrick Roy, which i know you're not a big fan of uh, as as the new head coach like no give the new young blood the chance to put his new systems in the nhl i love this i can't wait to see what he what he can give for the team absolutely i mean it just feels like such a breath of fresh air bringing in a young coach like this um you know i mean obviously there there is sort of the concern uh, well at least I, I mean i do feel a little bit of a concern uh you know that he he doesn't have any NHL head coaching experience. Um, he hasn't been, he hasn't even been a head coach at the AHL level. Um, so, I mean, that's a bit of a concern. Obviously he has, you know, lots of experience. He's coached, you know, he, he, he really, uh, Francois Gagnon made this point um, that, you know, he's really sort of went through the steps, right? He, he was a junior triple yeah. A coach. Then he went uh, onto the queue. He had 
immense success in the queue coached one of the best teams ever in 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 the quebec major junior history with uh with jonathan Drouin and uh, and nathan mckinnon for the halifax mooseheads then he had next team he moved on to drummondville he had great success there he's been you know the head coach like you said of the, of the world junior team and had success there so i mean you know you yes maybe he doesn't have that experience at the top at the top uh, in the top league yet but uh you know i mean i think that the whole reason that the canadians hired him two two years ago was was for this two and a half years ago i guess uh you know was for this i mean him him and joel bouchard were hired at the same time you know the i i think they were both hired with you know the future in mind basically sort of and and that's why he was the assistant coach you know he was sort of being groomed at that point to become the next assuming everything went well the next coach of the uh, the next head coach of the canadians so you know at, and and again like when's the last time the canadians have had like you know a young guy come in the last the last young guy that comes well that young guy you know the sort of fresh face the last fresh face that, that comes to mind is claude julien the first time the first time yeah exactly that was like that was like probably like 15 years ago maybe like it's that was a long ass time ago so i mean after that you know it was jacques martin it was michel terrier then it was fucking uh, julien again so it's it's you gonna be, forget, michel terrier was there twice too don't forget yeah Yep. I mean, so. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of overdoing the, the 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 repeat coaches, and and the thing is with the whole thing of him coming in, because the idea that because he has no head coaching experience in the NHL means he's inexperienced is is absolutely crazy to me. I mean, we, we've seen coaches with much less experience than him at the junior level, at, at the lower levels, get these types of opportunities because they're former players or they're this or they're that. He has plenty of experience, and he has experience winning at various levels and the thing is is i think he he was very much aware when he was brought in two years ago that he needed to take in all the experience he could and he talked about it how he learned so much under claude Julien. he had a lot of nice things to say about it he not necessarily learned he definitely seemed like he had his own system that he wanted to put into place he kind of avoided those questions a little bit i don't think he wanted to specifically say exactly what he wanted to do differently and at the same time i think you don't want to be more or less bad mouthing your the, the previous guy by saying, well, he was doing this, I want to do this. But he kind of insinuated that he wanted to have his own system when he came in, but he still took the opportunity the last two years to really learn from Junier what it means to be a professional coach. And say what you will about Junier's strategy as how the team should play, as far as being a professional, as far as like running a practice or what have you, he, he has a lot of qualities. You know, he's been a successful NHL coach for a long time and, and Dusham learned from that. And it really sounds like you said that he was brought in for this purpose. Bergerman said, it's not because of COVID. It's not because of anything. Dusham's my guy 100%. And I think when he hired him two and a half years ago, he hired him because he knows, and this is what the Montreal Canadiens need to do. In the reality of they have to hire the French coaches, then you have to put in the work to make sure there are good French coaches to take the reins. You know, instead of always having to have a situation where you're you're rehiring guys that have been coaches for the team before, and that's what they did. And this is when we're, it's kind of like building a team through the farm. You know, instead of, or through the draft, instead of it being players, it's the coach. It's like we drafted Dusham. He he did the work he needed to do, and now he's ready for the head coaching gig. 
Yeah, and yeah, and that's what I love. You know, when when they hired Ducham and Bouchard basically at the same time, you know, they I, I think that's what he realized from you know so many lost years under Sylvain Five, and he was obviously never going to be the the head coach of the Canadians. You know, yeah. they, that's what they have to do, and that's what they've put in place. And now there's even going to be the ECHL team uh, next season in Trois Rivières. So you know, then, I mean, hopefully we're gonna have a steady pipe stream because yes, I mean that, that, you know, but whether you like it or not, that's the reality is that the head coach of the Canadians is going to have to be a French speaker. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I th- you know, I th- as far as players go, you know, the, the Canadians need to have Quebec born players. I think we both think that that's probably ridiculous. Ideally you do want to have some, at least a couple of French pl- players, but as far as the coach and GM go, they have to be French speakers. And I, and I definitely agree with that. And, but like you said, I mean, they have to have that steady pipe stream of of these guys coming up you know through laval through potentially trois rivières and and that's what they have now and and it's and it's all going to start now with uh, dominic duchamp and honestly in the long term it might be, end up being something that's a benefit to the montreal canadians and we'll see how it goes with uh with duchamp but the the idea that you kind of build your coach your coaches through the team i mean the concern is obviously is that okay but then if this guy is just he was an assistant under Julien. Is he just going to come in and kind of more or less have the same system as, as he had because he was an assistant coach? And and like one, one question that I thought was interesting because like with Kirk Muller, for example, we knew that it, they were open about his role with the Canadians as an assistant coach was mainly special teams, specifically the power play, which has been terrible since – for years so there was one of the reporters asked if if Bergman had considered Muller as the head coach I mean don't no disrespect to Muller he's been a great hab and whether he's a player or an or, or a coach I have a lot of respect for the guy but I mean he wasn't the solution as far as the head coaching uh job goes but when Jashan was asked what his role over over the years was as the assistant because it's never been really clear he didn't really have an, an, an a clear answer and it really sounds like he he saw his role as being learning and he basically said yeah Julien took my advice here and there but it doesn't sound like really Duchamp, at the end of the day, it was Julien had the final decision. So I'm sure Duchamp used to go home to his wife and complain that, like, oh, again, tonight, he didn't do what I told him to do, didn't do this, didn't do that. He's not going to say that in the press conference. But I'm sure he has plenty of opinions of how things should be run. Just think about how you feel when you have to deal with your boss at work. Of course you say all the right things to him, but deep down you're like, man, if he did this and this and this differently, it would go much better, right? So don't kid yourself. Duchamp's not going to come in here and just – do exactly what Julien was doing. That's not what's going to happen. No, definitely not. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, uh, I, I think he's, he has his own, you know, it, it, it's a guy that has, that had had a long, you know, it, it might not have been professional experience necessarily, but he's had a lot of experience and a lot of success earlier. So it's, it's not just, you know, some guy that doesn't have experience and is just going to implement the same systems as Julien. No, not at all. He's going to come in here and, you know, all the teams he's coached in the past have been, you know, offensive threats. Exactly. And I think that's what we're going to see here. You know, we're going to have it. We're going to have an exciting team, a team. And I mean, we've seen the Canadians can do that. They can play that way. They have a lot, you know, they might, they don't obviously don't have a Crosby or a McDavid or a Drysidle, but they have four lines that can play some serious offensive hockey. It, I'm, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm, it's really exciting. You know, this, uh, a whole breath of fresh air here. I'm excited to see what he can do. And when he he talked a little bit about how he more of a possession brand of hockey and using your speed and being more offensive and these all these things go completely against how how Julien played and especially with 
with the kids, right? The, the one thing with Jean is that he's not always been the best at kind of helping young players progress. I mean, certain types of players, maybe, right? Like, you know, because he's so responsible defensively. And I'm not saying it's not important to be responsible defensively. But at one point, you got to let your offensive weapons use their offensive weapons. And I, and I feel like sometimes we, we expect too much of our young offensive players defensively, and it kind of stifles their offense. Let them play. Let them be creative. I, I'm excited to see what this is going to mean for Nick Suzuki, for Kotkaniemi especially, who just could never seem to get the opportunities he deserved under uh, under Julien. If, if if you ask me, I mean he he's had some great games where then you look at the you look at the the score sheet at the end of the game, and Dano has like four minutes more of ice time than him, and we all know how useless Dano has been offensively this year. And I think with a, a coach change, what you often see is that the players that kind of had the favoritism happening with them, that goes by the wayside, right? You're, you're not going to see, like, Daniel's going to have to earn his ice time all over again. He's the one guy that might not be happy about this change because he wasn't doing well, but he was still getting as much ice time as he was, like, even if he was playing well. So, I don't Kutkinyemi, I'm, I'm assuming, is dancing right now. Oh, yeah. You got to think that he's the happiest guy in the Canadians organization, except for probably Duchamp himself. Yeah. Kakinyemi, I mean, you know, yeah, it's like you said. I mean, he, he's played some pretty solid hockey. Yes, there's been hiccups, obviously. Yeah. But like, you know, even when he does have good games, like you said, I mean, he's playing a lot less than Dano. He's still putting up some, you know, I mean, he's 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 creating chances. He's. You know, he hasn't had the best line mates either. You know, I, I think, you know, if he gets this chance to be on the second line and and maybe play with a Gallagher, play with a Toffoli, uh, you know, on a uh, those two two guys at the same time, man, that's that's going to be a line. And I think Kakinami can put up some solid points for sure. I mean, Gallagher is the guy I would love to see Kakinami play with at this point. Yeah. Uh, and not just for the, the, the production aspect of it, but, but Gallagher over the years, like we've talked about Suzuki being so impressive early on because it seems like any, everyone kind of does well with him. Gallagher's always been the same. We just don't talk about it as much mm -hmm. because he's been with Dano this whole time, right? But if you, the line that Gallagher's on has, has always done well since Gallagher has been a Montreal Canadian because he bring an, he brings an energy and he, he, he just brings an intensity that he makes the life of everyone else on his, on his line so much easier. I mean, just in, in yesterday's game, there was multiple face-offs that could have easily been a loss, but we're one because Gallagher just right away, he's ready to go, picks up the puck, makes the play, gets it done. And he's a big reason for Dano's success. I don't want to take anything away from Dano necessarily because I mean, he has struggled despite playing with, with Gallagher this year. But, I mean, I'm sure it's a big part of his success. And that kind of leadership with Gallagher on Kotkaniemi's line could go such a long way to help the kid progress. And he, he needs all the help he can get. And I'm sick of seeing him passing the pucks of players who just can't score. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I think that, you know, we've been, we've been talking about it since he got here, you know, it'd be nice to see him with some solid line mates and, you know, I mean, with the line mates he's had this year, I mean, he's, he's, he's had some success, you know, there's been games where, where his line has been the best one on the team, but yeah, uh, yeah I think, man, if he could get some sustained time with Gallagher and, you know, with Toffoli, I think man, that, that could be one hell of a line for sure. And hopefully, you know, he gets his share of, uh, of ice time. Because I mean, he's definitely taken steps this year. I mean, you have you haven't necessarily necessarily always seen it on the score sheet, but I mean, Kukinemi has definitely taken a step up since last season. 
that's the thing. People are, seem to be so focused on the stats, but if you just actually watch the games, he's been arguably the best playmaker for the last few... Like, the last couple of weeks, he's been playing better than Suzuki, if you ask me. I mean, Suzuki overall so far has been a, a better... has had a better career in, in, in the NHL, but he's been on a bit of a downturn uh, in, in the last couple of weeks while Kakumi's been going the, the other way, but then you don't kind of... As much as Suzuki was rewarded when he did well, Kutkinevi never got kind of those re- rewards with like better better line mates or better ice time in in in, uh, in, in big situations. I just I, I'd like to see. I, I I'm just I'm I'm expecting it to be better with uh, with Dushan. I mean I I have high hopes uh, going in here as far as offense goes. I'm I'm curious though how he's going to deal with defense because defense has been. Just as big of, a, of an issue, if not more of an issue for this team. And I was worried about the defense coming into the year. I didn't know if it was that much of an improvement. And Romanov, I think we're seeing, is going to need some time to really be a consistent, solid, everyday defenseman. Sherratt and Weber together has just not worked very well this year. Weber, by the way, leading the NHL in penalty minutes last I checked. I mean, he was earlier. I'm assuming he still is. I know there's games on right now, but I mean, that's not good. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we, we've seen Weber definitely take a step back this season. Um, you know, he's he's definitely – he's not the best right-handed defenseman on the Canadians anymore. Absolutely. That's obviously Jeff Petrie. Actually, Jeff Petrie, even the last couple of weeks, he's taken a bit of a step back too. But, um, yeah, the Weber right now is uh, – it, it's tough. And, I mean, you know, we, we've seen it and we've talked about it. You know, I mean, the, the, the Canadians are not the most mobile defense corps. Uh, you know, obviously with Weber, Sherratt hasn't been as good as he was last season. Edmondson, I mean, it seems, seems like he's having more games like uh, like the first game he had uh, against the Leafs. You know, I mean, he he's struggling to find his game, too. So it uh, and even Romanov, you know, he's he's showing some, you know, some so a lot of rookie mistakes really lately. He's not doesn't seem to have the same confidence he came into the season with. So yeah, it's uh the defense has been been a bit of a disaster lately, and I mean Carey Price hasn't really been helping them out too often either. Um, so yeah, I mean that you know everywhere there there's it's it hasn't been pretty for the Canadians the last couple of weeks. So you gotta hope that Duchamp can really sort of set the uh, set the ship straight here. Something that was uh, trending on Twitter today as far as uh, Price's performance versus. Uh, Jake Allen, which I've, I found was interesting, is if you compare, uh, as far as five-on-five goes, the, the shots they face is almost identical, like the expected goals for and all that is, 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 is pretty uh, pretty similar. On the power play, however, it's been way worse for Carey Price than it has been for for, for Jake Allen. Like Now, why, why that is, uh, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, there is something to be said that Carey Price has played every single game against the Maple Leafs so far this year, who are obviously... I mean, potentially the best power play in the NHL, definitely the best power play in the North Division. Uh, so, I mean, there's something to be said there. I mean, Price will be the first one to tell you that he needed to make that one save yesterday. But at the same time, he made some monster saves. Like, I don't know what to think of Price. He makes saves he has no business making, and then he yeah. just lets him a bad <laughs> goal right after. Like, seconds after, he lets him a bad goal. So it's, like, I, I, I don't know like I don't know what's going on there. And it, it, that, that definitely Yeah, I change. mean... Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, if the Canadians are going to have success, they they have to have Carey Price on his game. You know, that's that's always been the story. You know, even even when the Canadians, you know, well, the Canadians definitely were able to bail them out uh, a bit at the beginning of the season because they were scoring so many goals. But Canadians obviously aren't going to score five goals every game, every no. you know, every night. 
So they're going to need a, a better carry price, you know, and then that's, that's where it all starts, you know, from, from the, uh, from the goaltender out, but he's going to have to be better. Uh, Jake Allen's obviously been, uh, I mean, he's been great so far. You really can't say anything against, against him, but yeah, I mean, price has, you would, I, I would think has gotten the tougher assignments. Like you said, I mean, he's played every game against Toronto. So uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, we're going to need a better, better carry price, but I mean, the defense definitely has to set their game up too. I mean, the thing, I'm like looking at Ben Sherrod, the way he's played this year and considering he has 37 minutes, penalty minutes, like, which is double the next person. And I know he's had, he's, he's had at least one fight in there, but it's just, that's just unacceptable to me. And I feel like he hasn't had to kind of, he hasn't been like not punished or whatever. Like he just he's playing just as many minutes and it hasn't been there. I mean, I, I, has he really earned that everyday spot that he can get away with making these mistakes? I, I would love to see him get moved down. Maybe even though Romanov hasn't been perfect, maybe I'd like to see Romanov play with Weber, get some get some time with the the captain and some some leadership next to him. I, I'm really curious to see as much as I'm excited to see the offense under Dusham, what that how that's going to change. And I think that that's where Dusham is really at his best. And I know like Luke Richardson is still there for the defense and all that, but Deshaun's obviously going to have his word to say there. I wonder if we if we see some shuffling there with the, like I, I'd like to see Weber, Sherratt, and Edmondson really not ever play together. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense because I mean, especially when you're playing it at like some of these fast teams, like a team like Edmonton or Toronto, they're, they're just constantly getting exposed. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to have Sherratt and Weber playing together. Um, I mean, I think Romanov, you know, I mean, he's, he's sort of been trying to find his game lately. I think maybe playing beside Weber could definitely help him out. Um, you know, uh, and Mete, you know, put him, well, you know, he's, I don't know, he's sort of off and on, but I mean, why wouldn't you have Edmondson or or like you said, Sherratt has, he really earned that everyday spot. I mean, he, he was great last season. You know, I, I think he was better than a lot of people expected. Certainly better than I expected. In stretches, um, though, he started rough. Yeah, then he, yeah, he did start rough. It's not like he was great for the whole year, right? So, like, I don't know why his spot on the top pairing is seemingly set in stone. But once again, that's something that hopefully changes with the with the new coach. Because you put Romanov with with Weber, and then that kind of opens up the other pairings a little bit too. You can even put Kulak back with Petrie because they have they've had success in the past. Or maybe you try Sherratt with Petrie. Like, see 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 if 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 that if that goes well. Regardless, you move things around, and I wouldn't mind have Mete with whoever is the other person there, just so you have a little bit of speed. So on every on every defensive pairing, you have a guy that's at least a little bit quick. You know, you have Romanov on the first one, you have Petrie on the second one, you have Mete on the third one. Instead of just having some pairings that are just too slow, pylon at times looking players. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, Sherratt and Edmondson, uh, you know, they could definitely skip a turn every once in a while. So, uh, I mean, they, I don't think they've played any better than Kulak and, and Mete have, so or Romanov for that matter. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, mix it up. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Sherratt, if, if he if he continues playing the way he has, because he, he's been really bad this season. Uh, Edmondson's been pretty bad for the last couple of weeks, too. Most of the defensemen well, that's, the thing thing is, been pretty bad. But, it's everyone's been bad, right? Because... Yeah. Bergeron said this in his press conference. He was asked if uh, Carey Price needs to play better, and he basically said, look, I'm not going to speak about one specific player. I went and spoke to all the players, and I said, like, each man in this room needs to play better. It's not just Price. It's not just, like, Ben Sherratt, obviously. Everyone has, has really not performed to the, the level that, the, that 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 we hope from the, from the top down. So 
it really has to get better overall. And I think that's a big reason why, I mean, you can't trade every single player. And that's a big reason why in a situation like this, you make a coaching change because that's what, that's, that's what like Bergman was saying. It didn't feel like the team's effort was going down or that necessarily Julien was kind of had lost the players, but it's like the execution wasn't there. And it's just, there, there needed to be just a new voice in the room helping the players. Cause it just, it, Every single game, it was the same thing, and it's like there was nothing changing. There was no adjust- adjustments being made whatsoever. Well, I mean, every single coach gets fired, right? I mean, yeah, uh, no, no, no matter how good of a coach it is, I've always liked Claude Julien. Um, you know, I, I, I was pretty excited when he got hired for the second time. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, no, you know, eventually after a couple of seasons, you know, the the message just doesn't pass anymore. You know, then. That's it, it is what it is. And and it was just Claude Julien's time. And, you know, we're hopefully with Zusham, you know, it's w- there's going to be that new the new systems put in place. There's going to be a new message, a new coach, a new face, breath of fresh air here. Hopefully, you know, he can set them straight and, uh, and you know, they can get back to to the success that they had at the beginning of the year. I'm just excited that it's fresh blood, right? Because if you think about the fact that, well, we just went through, through however many years of Junior, like four years or so. Before that, it was Tallinn for another four or five years or so. So basically, it's been about a decade since there's been a new coach that had never previously coached the Montreal Canadiens as the coach. Yep. And like before it, that, it, it was uh, it was Jacques Martin. So. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's it's nice to finally have, and I, and I was shocked to see on Twitter pe- people be already being ready to replace Dusham as if he's just interim for the rest of it. Do people like people just not know at all who Dusham is? Like he's not just a nobody. Like like it, sometimes you want to be the team that gives the young guy a chance. So maybe you're the team that's lucky enough to have the new great coach, and then if if it works out, then he ends up being your coach for ten years. I mean, who knows? But I mean that that that'd be great. Now what's interesting to see with Dusham, he has a, a a decision to make very quickly because Carey Price did not have a good game yesterday, and then they played tomorrow. Do you start Carey Price or do you start Jake Allen? I mean, do I you have to got, go? Yeah, go for it. I think he's got to start Carey Price. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're the you're you're the new coach. You know, I th- I think you got to go with. Well, I was going to say the hot hand, but clearly, clearly he's not the hot hand. But I mean, you got to go with your star. You got to go yeah. with your ten five million dollar goalie. Uh, you know, hope hopefully Price at some point is going to, you know, is is going to get back to the to the to the old carry Price. But uh, no, I think he, even though Jake Allen, you know, you could probably argue pretty easily that he deserves it. I think you got to go with Carey Price for the first game. Yeah, I th- I think that makes sense to me. I mean, you, it's. He has one day to – I mean, he doesn't even get a practice today, right? He'll, he'll get a morning skate tomorrow because he, he basically said in his press conference he was going to talk to the players tonight about everything. So, I mean, he's not going to get really full practice to get time to make changes and all that. So, And not that you have to install a system for the goalie, but you, it makes sense. You put in the kind of the, – there's probably not going to be too much line juggling for tomorrow's game either. It, it's probably going to be a very similar uh, brand of hockey tomorrow before, it's the first game, right? But then we're going to start seeing changes a bit quicker. I mean, whether or not Price plays the next game, I guess, depends on his performance tomorrow. But uh, we'll see because you never know. Sometimes you see coach changes and right away it wakes up the team. Right away, yeah, well, it's a yeah. complete flip. 
Yeah, I mean that that well, hopefully that's what we're gonna see. Usually, you know, that's that's that that is often what you see. Um, but I mean, like, imagine if you started Jake Allen in the first game, like how the Montreal media would run with that too. Yeah, yeah. So you, you like you don't want to create even more of a circus than there already is with the coaching change, right? So, uh, I mean, I think that's it's really the only answer. I think is that uh, Carey Price starts tomorrow. And um, what was more the surprise, I think, because as far like for you and me, because if I was getting ready for today's podcast before we knew that about the firing, I was trying to figure out like the, a list of five guys that could be the potential replacement for Claude Julien, right? Cause we were ready to talk about Julien needs to leave and who can replace him. I think I definitely would have had Dusham and you would have had Dusham very high on your list. I mean, him being the next coach is not a surprise, right? Um, no. What's a bit more surprising is Alex Burroughs getting an opportunity right away to be assistant coach. Yeah, that, that I definitely found that pretty surprising. Um, you know, for for uh, as unexperienced as, as people might think Ducharme is, I mean, uh, Alex Burroughs has has been the coach. I think this, if I'm not mistaken, this is only his second season with the Rocket. Um, obviously, no coaching experience before that. You know, he, he was he, I mean, is not far off from his career with with the Canucks, right? Yeah. Um, so it was definitely an interesting hiring. I mean, you would have thought that, uh, I mean, obviously the whole COVID thing makes, makes this a lot more complicated trying to find someone. Presumably they're having to have to go into to quarantine and whatnot, but Alex Burrow is obviously not the most experienced guy. You would, I would have thought that ideally they would have put a more experienced guy there with Dusham, seeing as he doesn't have any NHL head coaching experience or any professional head coach, head coaching experience. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But one of the big Achilles heels of the Canadians, and not just this season, but even the last couple of years, has been the power play. Absolutely. And Alex Burroughs has been great handling the power play for the Rocket. Um, you know, they, they were eighth in the AHL last season at 19.7%. They're at 20% so far this season. So they had a, a really good power play. And if and you know, we've talked about it before. The, they're not necessarily the 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 most skilled team either. The Rockets. Exactly. Exactly. Honest. It's not like they, they they were the elite team in the AHL, and then they just happened to also have a good power play. He 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 gave a team that was struggling otherwise a good power play, which gave him a chance to win every day. Absolutely. I mean, they've you know, the, when whenever they've had trouble scoring, it's been on the power play that the Rocket have scored a, a good chunk of their goals. And they have, again, not the most talented players on on that team. But, man, their power play always seems to be clicking. They're constantly moving the puck. They are always a threat to score. So I'm not that surprised. I mean, if he can, you know, the Canadians power play has been so stale and it goes goes actually to one of the uh, Twitter questions that we had here. Um, so this is from Kevin Rogers. So always, always offering us a question each week. That's great. So at K a Roger 77 for the love of God, can he meaning, uh, Zusham and Burroughs fix that power play. So it's not Weber point shots from the same spot as there are only shots on goal. I think that's definitely what you're going to see. You know, it's, it's going to be a power play. That's going to get everyone involved that they're going to, I, you see with the rocket ha, usually have a lot of, not that many shots necessarily from the point, a lot of shots they have from the slot. So I think it's going to be a really exciting power play. You know, they're, they're going to put some, some new stuff in there. So yes, Alex Burroughs doesn't necessarily have that, uh, a whole lot of experience, but obviously what he's done with the rocket, the, the Canadians really love. So, and hopefully he'll be able to bring that same brand of power play to the Canadians. 
And that's the thing, too, is Burroughs is not necessarily coming in because we're seeing him as a replacement for Muller, and Muller was very much viewed as the, the second-in-command to uh, to Junie, but he's not necessarily coming in in the same role as Muller. I mean, he he's going to do the same thing as far as being the power play specialist, but I think at first Burroughs, he's going to be probably asked to be really just mainly focused specifically on the power play. So even though he's a young, more inexperienced coach, I mean, it's not crazy to, to, to have a younger guy being kind of like the... the, the have a very specific role on uh, on the coaching staff, and part of me also wonders is because we've seen uh, in, in in the last couple of years that there's been a lot of success with sending guys down to the rocket and having them come back and do better. So clearly, there's some there's things go that are going well in the rocket as far with the rocket as far as player development, as far as helping those younger players. Like we saw with Kuk and Yemi is the best example. He he was struggling last year, got sent to the AHL quickly, had played really strong, and then had a a, a great bubble, right? So obviously you're not going to bring Joel Bouchal. You want to keep him in that role. I think it's a great spot for him, head coach of the uh, of, of the Rocket. You know, you, you still have that in the organization as far as the farm team, but then you bring a piece of that to the big club. So then you have a new face to go along with the new coach that is, you know, a coach that was already there in Burroughs, and he, maybe he brings some of that energy that was helping so many of the kids progress in, in Laval. So, so in that sense, I do like bringing some of what we're seeing in Laval to the Montreal Canadiens to hopefully, because let's not forget, this is a young team, with a, and the core of this team for the years to come, uh, even though we have those those veterans in Weber and Price, it's Suzuki... It's uh, Romanov, it's Kutkinyemi, and we have more young guys coming. I mean, Caulfield's going to be here before we know it. You want to be good at kind of building your young players, right? Which is, I think, something that's been lacking for this team for a long time. I think Burroughs and both Burroughs and Duchamp are going to play a huge role in helping that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joel Bouchard, and rightfully so, gets a lot of credit for what's going on in Laval right now. But Alex Burroughs has been a huge part of that as well. And he's uh, learned from him, right? So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's obviously learned from Joel Bouchard, but Burroughs, I mean, he's been a huge asset to the Laval Rocket as well. And, you know, he's been doing a great job with the young kids as, as well. So, I mean, and the Canadians obviously have a lot of young players too, and they're hoping, again, that Burroughs can can work the same magic both on the power play and with the kids that he did in Laval. Um, you know, one thing that uh, Anthony Marquette brought up, uh, obviously the voice of Laval Rocket for uh, 91.9, radio here he had mentioned that uh you know i wouldn't be too surprised if you maybe saw joel bouchard behind the canadians bench next season because uh him uh Zusham and bouchard used to be assistant coaches together with the montreal junior in 2005 and 2006 and they had uh, you know they, they worked really well together with the junior and had talked about you know uh, working together at another point so i wouldn't be too surprised if maybe you saw joel bouchard next season uh, behind the bench as an assistant coach with the Canadians. But, uh, I mean, I think, that, you know, ideally, and, and I think it definitely makes sense to keep Joel Bouchard with the Rocket this year. But uh, next next year, you, you never know. You might see him get a promotion. I mean, here's the thing, though. We don't know what Bouchard wants, right? Like, maybe he likes being the head coach at the age, right? You know, like, he doesn't necessarily want to make that change, because it is, even though it is a promotion in the sense that you go from AHL to NHL, you go from head coach to assistant coach, yeah. right? So yeah, I that, mean, that's a good point too. Uh, yeah, maybe he, maybe that's not what he wants to do. But I mean, if the if the Rocket keep playing the way that they're playing, because um, again, I you know I keep saying it, they're they're definitely not the most talented team on 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 paper. But if you've watched the Rocket 
last season and especially this season, I would say the way that they play, the effort that they show each and every night beating teams, you know, beating, beating Belleville, who's a pretty solid team. And, and, you know, the way that they played against Manitoba out of, you know, the last two games, they've outplayed them for stretches, but with the effort that they show each and every night, I mean, you know, he's going to be pretty in demand very soon in the NHL. So, you know, you, you don't want to lose him either. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, but like I said, if, to me, it depends on what Bouchon wants. If, if at the end of the season he's telling you, "I want to be an assistant in the NHL level," I think he's earned that spot. You know, but he might want us to. It, it, it may end up being a situation where he wants to go from head coach in the AHL to head coach in the NHL, and if another team offers that to him, I me, mean, it is what it is, right? You can't hold on to these kind of guys forever. And you're not going to fire Duchamp because you don't want to lose Bouchard either, right? So it, oh. it kind of depends what 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 Bouchard wants in, in that sense. But hopefully we get to keep him because I it's it, it's just especially with what we had in the five previously, it's it, it's it's transformed the pipeline for the Canadians. Absolutely, I mean, and you see, you know how how big of a difference. You know, yes. Trevor Timmons can draft all these great prospects and, uh, you know, they can be great on paper. Uh, but then once they get to, you know, Laval now and before with St. John's and before that Hamilton, you know, when they got to, to the AHL level, it, uh, you know, it, they just sort of hit a wall and you're, uh, and you're not seeing that anymore. I mean, the kids, the way that they played this so, uh, so far this year, I mean, the, the, the young guys like Jesse alone and Raphael Harvey Pinard, Caden uh, Primo, even Caden Gooley, the first rounder this year, and actually even Jan Mysak, the second rounder this year, they're all playing fantastic. They're really, I mean, these young guys are are leading the rocket the last couple of, well, I mean, since the beginning of the season. So, and that's obviously not something that you saw under Sylvain F5. So it, it's it's been absolutely day and night. And, and you know, anyone that I've spoke to that is, is close to the rocket, you know, like Anthony Marcotte, Eric Engels, they say the same thing. It's completely day and night in that organization, and and uh, you know it's it's obviously already paying dividends. I honestly don't remember the last time I've been this excited about the coaching staff, top to bottom. You know, from from the head coach at the AHL level to the head coach on the NHL level. I'm so excited to see what he has to offer, and the fact that it's the young blood. You know, enough. I like. I'm so sick with the and the NHL is almost as bad as baseball as far as being stuck in the old way of doing things and rehiring old people. And, and it's just, I, I hate that mentality when it comes to sport and it's important to embrace how the, the, the leagues change and how the, 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 the strategy changes. And you do that by bringing in the new blood and the people that understand the, the game on a different level, right? Because Benjamin made the point that Claude Julien, he did the same thing as Duchamp coming up through the juniors, but he hasn't coached junior players in 20, 25 years. He's very far removed from that world, and the game has changed a ton since then. Duchamp was there very, very recently, and so he's much more familiar with the new, new, new brand of hockey, and I, 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 I'm excited. I, I'm excited to just not have more of the same coming out of this Montreal Canadiens team, which, which is what was so excited about the first 10 games this year. The first 10 games this year felt like the most ex- – like forget about winning. Just about just the way they were playing was the most exciting hockey we've, we've gotten to watch in, in, in almost since I've been a Habs fan. You know? yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's definitely – it's it's an exciting time. I mean, you know, you hate to see Claude Julien go, I guess, to a certain extent. Again, I liked Claude Julien. Uh, but obviously it was time for a change, and – and having this fresh new blood in here, I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. I mean, hopefully he'll be able to right the ship, but uh, you know, 
even if it doesn't necessarily tra- tr- translate into wins right away, I think it's it's going to be more exciting, and it's it'll be an, a more offensive uh, uh, sort of game they have they're going to play. Here's the thing, though. It kind of does need to translate to wins right away because as confident as we were about a playoff spot early in the season, and I think this is definitely – I mean, Bergeron made it very clear that his expectations for this tier, team this year – he repeated it today. He expects the playoffs. He, he thinks this is a team that was has, has the assets to make it. And you look at the standings in the North Division, and it's not looking as good as it was. I mean, Toronto, obviously, not at this point, they're probably going to run away with the division. Edmonton, uh, see, I, I was saying at the beginning of the year that Edmonton's not as bad as they seem. And I think they just had a, a rough start to the year. They have such high-end talent. They're going to outscore you on a, on, a, on a lot of nights. And they've been on fire. So that second spot is getting further and further from the Canadians. And then you have Winnipeg. You say, here's the thing. we haven't The Canadians have not played Winnipeg yet. And they're ahead of Montreal right now by, by only one point, but still they're ahead of them. And people have like to talk about Canadians having games in hand. They don't with Winnipeg. Both Winnipeg and Montreal have 18 games played. Winnipeg has 23 points. Canadians has 22. And they're about to play each other twice in like this week. But after that, in March, there's an Ottawa again against twice against against Winnipeg. And then there's a week without seeing them, and then twice again against Win- Winnipeg. Like these games are crucial against. Them. We talk about we're already in four-point game territory. They can't afford to start losing against Winnipeg because then it's going to turn into something where okay, well we're fighting for that very last playoff spot because that's where they are right now. Yeah, and this in this shortened season, obviously every single game matters, and you know play, you're always playing teams in your division, so every game is a four-point game. And you know, I think one thing, one uh, one interesting said, thing Bergevin said today was that you know he he's not afraid to put his uh, well he said it in French there, but like loosely translated, he's not afraid to put his neck on the line. Yeah, and I think it's pretty obvious that he knows that it's. If they if this doesn't happen for the Canadians this year, if this doesn't work out, he's probably losing his job, you know. So it, he he didn't have the luxury of waiting around to see if Julien, you know, give him a little bit more time to turn this yeah. around. If the Canadians don't make the playoffs this year, it's you gotta think that it's over for Benjamin at this point, you know, with yeah. all the bold moves would, that he I would, did. I would think so too. I would think so. I, but I don't know. Like I don't know. The, like. Like who knows? Like it depends on the, like, I guess, on the Molsons and what they want to do. But you gotta think so. He, he shot his shot, and if it doesn't work, yeah. then that's that. Yeah, you know, he he played it safe, you know, for for quite a few years, you know. But this was his year where, like you said, he shot his shot. He made all these moves, you know. That I mean, look, the Canadians look great on paper heading into the season. Obviously, it started off really well, but it uh, it turned sour pretty fast. Yeah. And now, you know, it's 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 now or never because yeah, definitely if if this doesn't work out, uh, he is in some serious trouble, which is crazy because I mean a few we- weeks ago we were talking about he's a shoe in for the G- for the yeah. GM of the year, but now yeah. you know I mean life life comes at you fast, right? Yeah, so. it, it definitely does, especially in this uh in this condensed. Uh, that season, but I, I I think they turn it around. And honestly, I'd be sad to see Bergevin go. Even though I've had I had my issues with him in the past and how and some of the decisions he made, some of the moves he made. And I do think he he has been like we've talked about this. I do think he's been a little lucky uh, with some of the the, the trades he's 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 managed to uh to to get you know in getting Suzuki and 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 things like that. But 
I feel like Bergeron over the, the the last nine years uh, as a GM of the Canadians, he has grown a lot, right? And he the, that's what I the thing I like the most about him as a GM. Uh, he has adapted. I think that the GM from the first five years is very different to the GM that we have today, and that that's what you want to see, right? That's what that's what breeds success in professional sports is being able to adapt. And this move today is another example of that. Of instead of bringing in the kind kind of like sure thing the the you know the the, the known quantity in in a coach like Logian he brings in the new blood and in in Duchamp and that's exactly what I want from the Canadians and a lot of the moves he made this year so if it doesn't work out and then he just gets fired to be replaced from an by another kind of like old school GM who then hires an old old school coach I will be so disappointed so I really hope this works out and it's a sign of the Canadians moving in that direction of like kind of like the, the new younger kind of NHL yeah, I think it will. I mean, I you know, I think again, it's if the Canadians get back to that to that exciting brand of hockey they were playing at the, at the beginning of the year, then yeah, I mean, the the, the Canadians were almost unbeatable the way that they were playing at the beginning yeah. of the year. So, so it's uh, anyway. I mean, it's it, at this point, it's slow, and I think Benjamin said it today. It's Ducharme's uh, Ducharme's job to lose at this point. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, he made that very clear, which which I which I appreciate. It's so the interim title is kind of more of just that a title. It's his job. He's not looking for other coaches. Uh he's not interviewing anyone. He's he said one hundred percent Dusham is finishing the season as the head coach of the Montreal Canadians. And he he basically said it's his his to lose. It's, it's it was more the reporter that said that and it's being kind of reported as as Belgevin said that, but he he kind of agreed when the reporter said it. So so then let's 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 move to the predictions. I mean, like I said, two big games coming up against Winnipeg tomorrow and Saturday, which will play a big role right away in where they are in the standings. And then by the time we do the next podcast, there's another game back home against Ottawa. I, you know what? I'm saying three wins. They're winning all three games uh, 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 coming up. They're, they're gonna be. They're gonna. They, they they have a better team than Winnipeg, I think. I and, and not that Winnipeg is a bad team, but they're gonna have that energy from the new coach, and then they're gonna crush Ottawa. It's finally gonna happen. They're gonna crush Ottawa <laughs> next week, and uh, it's and and then after that, maybe things are kind of get a bit more steady. You know, once the the glow of the new coach kind of dies down a little bit, but I think they come out strong tomorrow and Saturday. All right. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think they're going to come out firing tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to say they get five points out of six. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to win tomorrow. Uh, it's going to carry price is going to have, play a hell of a game. I'm going to say he gets a shutout tomorrow. Ooh. I'm going to say three, nothing. Uh, and then the second game against Winnipeg, uh, I think they're going to lose in a shootout. We'll say, uh, we'll say three, two. And then, yeah, I agree with you. They're going to crush Ottawa. Uh, let's say four, zero. I mean, so, they have to win. An uh, overtime slash shootout game eventually, though, right? Like, they, they can't lose all of them. Well, I mean, you know, under, under Julien, uh, he was regularly playing Ugh. guys like, you know, uh, Armia and Dano together at the end of overtime, which... Oh, my you God. Know, and, and it, and it we haven't like talked about the game too much because the codes changed, but, yeah. like, Kotkaniemi didn't play a second in overtime. And you have Dano, who's a black hole offensively. I, I just, I mean, there's no point in really... No. going on about it because he's gone now so it is what it is but, you know it's it's and nick suzuki said it the other day that they were constantly playing to uh not to win but to, they were con- they were playing not, not to, to lose. lose yeah and yeah. and i mean i don't i don't think you could sum it up any better than what Claude julien has been doing the last couple of weeks and when Julien was asked about it he kind of didn't d- disagree with it 
I mean, I, I, I was I was ready to get a bunch of these Junior quotes that I really didn't like going into into yesterday's game. Um, but uh, to talk about why he needs to be fired. But I guess I guess Bergevin saw the same quotes and saw the writing on the wall. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm starting to think more and more. Bergevin listens to this podcast, right? Because he's uh, he's starting to make a lot of moves that uh, that I agree with. Matt, who? I mean, why why not? You know, I mean, uh, he should make us the official podcast of the Canadians, right? We have the same sponsor, so <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we had the sponsor first, so really, you know, that's true. <laughs> All right, so I think that does it for uh, for for this week's episode. I'm obviously, I mean, I'm more excited about the Canadians today than I than I've been for the last two weeks. I mean, it's it's been so so hard to watch uh, lately, but hopefully this turns it around. Can't wait to see uh, what happens. But uh, we'll be back next week, probably on Wednesday again after the uh, the Ottawa game to talk about what the Canadians actually look like when we they see we see some games with Jusham as the head coach. So as always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Ask us all your questions there. If you have any comments about the, the Sham hiring, go ahead and we'll talk about them next week. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next